Hello, it is Wednesday, August 9th. This is the Mr. Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Mottram, and I'm joined by my good buddy and longtime internet friend, Matt Turrell. Hey, Matt. Hey, how you doing? I'm all right. I, I, just, I think I just realized that the Redskins have a preseason game tomorrow. I know. It's weird. Are you excited for it? I would be, but it's not on TV here, and even though I have the Sunday ticket, like you have to pay an additional charge to watch the preseason games, which I'm not going to do. That's wise. That's wise. I'll describe it to you very clearly, uh, either by text or uh, Twitter or something. Well, I'm excited about it for the primary reason is that we've reached that point of training camp where like meaningless storylines get mega amplified. Like, like you may have noticed that this has become Bashad Breland week where we've delved deep into the psyche of our second best cornerback. Terrifying place. Yeah, it is a terrifying place. Although um, I, I feel like the his his rap career is being underexplored. Like we need to emphasize that more so than like whether he's willing to play in the slot. Well, I, I've been a bit too busy following AJ Francis's album release to really pay much attention to Breland's. Um, so oh. I really think that uh, deep uh, cuts. That, yeah, there's there's only so much oxygen in the rap uh, football player room. All right, so. Before the preseason begins and we all get to experience Nate Sudfeld one more time, um, let's, l- let's look at something that we posted on Mr. Relevant recently from a guy named Mike Clay. Mike Clay is not a guy I was familiar with, but he is uh, ESPN's fantasy football slash NFL projection guy. He has 98,000 followers on Twitter, and I don't think you need to hear any more of his bona fides before I proceed. Uh, he posted uh, his statistical projections for all 32 teams, including the Redskins. And I wanted to run through those with you and do a little over-under on some of the more notable projections, primarily the, the skill position guys. Sounds good. All right. So let's start with number one, number eight in your, in your playbook, number one in your heart, Kirk Cousins. Uh, projections are 4,629 yards. 24 touchdowns, 13 picks. What are you doing uh, with that stat line over under? I'm going under across the board on all three. Um, I, I think that they are going to run more for real this time. I think that the departure of uh, uh, Sean McVay will change the play calling a little bit. I know Gruden has been a pass happy guy in the past, but I just, I feel like they will slide a bit. Uh, I think so. I think all three are going to dip um, not necessarily because of performance, but because of opportunity. I'm a little torn on this one, like 4,600 yards. That sounds about right. Like he had 4,900 last year, but 4,100 the year before 46, I could, I could push if I had to, I'd go under 13 picks. Like that sounds about right. I think he threw like low teens the last two years. The 24 touchdowns seems low to me. I would go like a strong over on the 24 touchdowns. He had 25 last year and they sucked in the red zone. That, that's a fair point. But if the red zone improves uh, on the ground instead of in the air, um, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I can't 24 touchdowns. And maybe this is me being old it, it feels mm-hmm. like a high number like a lot like i would be happy with that i would think although maybe if i actually run the numbers i wouldn't be um but i, I don't know i'm, I'm a little well, worried see, this is that. the thing this is the thing it's like this projection is like a perfect kirk cousins projection because kirk cousins has had like counting stats that have been and really all stats that have been seemingly impressive but aren't really that impressive 
you know, they had 25 TDs last year. That historically is pretty damn good. But in today's NFL, like, that's not really near the top of the league, especially when you're not scoring, like, you don't have, like, a Garrett Blunt sucking up 18 touchdowns. Um, so, yeah, I think this projection all around is, like, pretty accurate seeming and would, would be a very Cousins-esque season. Um, let's move to the backfield. Okay. So the way that this is projected is – that, that Mike Clay has this is Robert Kelly has most of the carries and 687 yards, five touchdowns. Samaj or Samaje Perrine? I think it's Pirine. I, I, I haven't P-Rine? heard the first. Oh, I believe so. I thought we I had need, to... we, yeah. we need Brenton Portis to really set, set us straight on this. I feel like he's dived deep into the linguistics of this. I feel like I want to put as much mustard on this as possible. So I'm going to say Samaje, Samaje Perrine. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> 467 yards, 4.7 touchdowns. And Chris Thompson, third down back, 274 yards, 1.8 touchdowns. Now, I guess before we get to the like cumulative over under for that backfield, like, do you think that that's the right uh, order of things that Kelly will get the most carries and then and then Perina? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that uh, I think that they're going to be closer to even. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think partially due to ability, partially due to opportunity, partially due to injury. Which obviously I don't wish injury on anyone, but I think it's kind of inevitable in a position mm-hmm. like that. Uh, I think Thompson's sounds about right to me, but who knows? Um, and then there's also the chance that there's two minor injuries, and then some random dude, you know, a Mac Brown or so, I don't know, some random dude that we're not thinking of winds up getting a huge chunk of yardage also. So. Uh, you know, it sounds okay-ish. I think that the, the two lead backs will be closer to an even split. Well, I I just hope they have an effective ground game. And when you add this up, the totals that are being projected, it's 1,400 yards and 11.6 touchdowns. Those are both lower than the cumulative stats for last year's trio of Rob Kelly Matt Jones and Chris Thompson that, that just, I mean, so I'll do the math for everyone, like 1400 yards and 11.6 touchdowns. It's not good. Do you think they're going to go over or under? I think they go over. I, I, I'm taking over on the aggregate um, for all stats. I, like I said, talking about cousins, I think that they move a little more run heavy. I think that uh, whether Matt Jones is genuinely terrible or not, I think he looked terrible and tentative last year. And I think that, uh, Swapping him out for good old uh, Samaji Perrine uh, is gonna is gonna really <laughs> yield some yield some positive results. And I think Thompson, you know, uh, Thompson might might have been a little higher last year than he'll be this year. But I think that looking at those next those, those two, not if we assume Kelly's the lead back, mm-hmm. uh, and we assume that he hits right around the seven hundred he hit last year, I think that the uh, number two and three combo is going to add up to much more than it did um, with Jones last year. Yeah. And I know that like, this is not the way of the modern NFL. Like I read today that Devontae Freeman was the only running back to have a thousand yards rushing in each of the last two seasons. But I just hope one of these guys emerges as, as like the, a clearly effective running back. Uh, the last couple years have not been, not been kind um, in that regard for the skins. Let's move to, well, Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I feel like we're spending a lot of time hoping uh, at a lot of positions that mm-hmm. guys are just, just like league, league average or better. Come on. That's all mm-hmm. we really want to see. Same thing in defense. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. I thought, I, thought, I thought they were supposed to have so many weapons. <laughs> was it like the supporting cast supposed to be incredible? Because let's move to the receivers. 
And starting at wideout, you've got Terrell Pryor Sr. Uh, he's, he's projected for the most yardage, not the most catches, but he's projected for the most yards and the most touchdowns among the wide receiver group. 72 catches, 1,013 yards, 5.7 touchdowns. I am taking the over across the board there. I mean, uh, part of it is that we are, we are, I'm as full of Terrell Pryor Kool-Aid as it is humanly possible to be. I am like a hyperactive five-year-old on Terrell Pryor Kool-Aid. But I think that he's the lead, obviously wide receiver. I think if you think Cousins is going to have a season similar to what we're describing in the stats he's projected for, I think the vast bulk of those yards go to Pryor and I'm, I'm putting him over across the board. I am, Buying in on the Terrell Pryor hype. Yeah, these numbers aren't that big. Like, if he plays a full season, 72 catches is like four and a half a game. You know, 1,000 yards is like 65 yards, something like that. Um, These numbers do seem low to me, especially given that Garcon and Jackson are gone, and that's 2,000 yards and, you know, out out the building. And 214 catches combined. Between Garcon and Jackson? Yeah. Jesus. All right. Um, oh, no, sorry. Targets. Targets. My targets. Targets. Yeah. Targets. Um, I was like, wait a minute. I'm doing oh, yeah, that no, in no. my head. Did Garcon catch 140 passes last year? It would be amazing, wouldn't it? Um, yeah. uh, so prior, I'm going over across the board. Crowder, projections for him are 81 catches, 990 yards, 4.1 touchdowns. Huh. So that that is more catches, markedly more catches mm-hmm. um, than last year, but only a few more yards. So basically they're saying, you know, a few extra five, six-yard catches, which I don't buy. I think if the catches go up, I think then the yardage uh, there would be under. Uh, and I think the um, – so I guess I'm going over. That would be under. <laughs> I've, I've already forgotten the logistics of, of this game. And touchdowns <laughs> – It's complicated. Uh, it really is. There's two words, and I've already screwed them up. Uh, also, the, 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 stakes, t- the stakes couldn't be higher. I mean, it's your reputation that's on the line. <laughs> My, the reputation that I really honed over all these years yeah. of being wrong on your podcast. Right. Um, uh, the touchdowns, I have no idea. I'm going to go oh, – I'm going to take the over on the touchdowns, but I feel like touchdowns are so kind of arbitrary mm-hmm. that, you know, it's, I'm just picking uh, – flipping a coin. He had seven last year, which is pretty high uh, given that he, you know – was only targeted 99 times to get seven touchdowns. He's not like the big deep threat type of guy. I'm going to go over across the board too on Crowder. And I think I have to, I'm on the record somewhere as saying he's going to, he's going to break Art Monk's uh, franchise record for receptions as a Redskin, which is is a really bold claim. Uh, So he better get started. (laughs) He better, better. Have a big year if he's going to go on that path. Well, have you made it clear to him that your reputation is on the line for that? Maybe he doesn't know that. I mean, I feel weird saying it. I, Art Monk's my favorite football player ever. Uh, but I, I just got a feeling about Crowder. I think he's just going to keep getting better and better, and it's going to be here a while. So make it happen. <laughs> um, I feel like uh, Art Monk is one of my favorites also, and I feel like at some other point, not right now, we should probably explore what the fact that like the quietest, most boring, consistent Redskin in history being our favorite player says about us. Uh, I don't think it's good. I mean, so I, I wonder how big a percentage of it is the fact that like we were kids, he was all pro, at a skill position for our Super Bowl winning teams, and his name was Art Monk. <laughs> this this is, is like the perfect name. It's like a superhero. Yeah. 
it's an underrated point. It's mm-hmm. one of those those names that like it sounds so normal to me now because it's been part of my life forever. Mm-hmm. Like, but you hear something in the abstract, it's like you know, Green Lantern or Spider Man. If you put those words together, they don't make a lot of sense. But like, yeah, Art Monk, that's awesome. Excellent yeah. point. Who's the man? Um, last receiver we'll talk about is Josh Doxson. Uh, not a lot to go off of because we he didn't really get a full you know go of it last year but his projection is 49 catches 676 yards 3.8 touchdowns uh i hate i feel like i've been reasonably positive here i have a reputation for being just a gloomy human being so i'll I'll exercise that here i'm going under across the board i think he's malcolm kelly 2.0 i don't believe he gets on the field I, i just i i hope devoutly to be wrong i look forward to you know, everybody telling me how stupid I am, but I think he yet again doesn't get on the field enough and goes under on everything. I'm going to, I'm going to edit that. I'm going to call him Malcolm, Malcolm Kelly slash Devin Thomas hybrid 2.0. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's even harsher. Physique seems more Thomas, Devin Thomas to me, but the injury woes are a little more Malcolm Kelly. Um, and he was a higher pick than either one of them. So I'm going to go, I'm going to join you on the under, under parade. Because 49 catches, 676 yards, that assumes that he's like a meaningful part of the offense for most of the season, if not all the season. And I'm not sure that's going to happen. That said, they do like to throw Josh Doxson the fade route in the end zone. <laughs> and I'm going to go over on touchdowns. I think he's going to be one of their, their targets when they get close to pay dirt. So 3.8 touchdowns is really not all that much. I like the fact that you think they're going to increase, you know, they're going to throw him the fade a lot and therefore he's actually going to catch it and it's going to work. That, that is some optimism on your part. Well, Jay Gruden red zone playbook is fade left, fade right, fade one way or the other yet again. Um, one of those fades is going to get caught eventually, right? That's there's only, there's only so many combinations with the buttons on tech mobile. So you can only have four plays. I mean, you know, all right, last receiver we'll, we'll touch on Jordan Reed. So first of all, Jordan's read projection is for 14 games. All these other guys are for 16 games. Like literally the entire like receiving core and cousins are all 16 games. Jordan reads 14 games. I think that's fair. Um, I think that's actually like quite generous. Um, his projections, 86 catches, 955 yards, 6.2 touchdowns. I mean, I'm taking the under on games played. So that's going to put me on the under on everything else. Um, last year he had 66 catches in 12 games played. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to believe I, I kind of the way training camp has gone so far. Uh, I, I just find it hard to believe. Now, I think if you combined Reed and, and Vernon Davis in this stat, I'd mm-hmm. take the over across the board, but uh-huh. just Reed alone, I'm taking the under across the board. Because <laughs> Vernon Davis, like, he cannot be stopped health-wise. He's indestructible. Well, he's, he's at least on the field sometimes. Oh, you so. mean they're combining their – I thought you were yeah. going back to the Malcolm Kelly, Devin Thomas. No. We're creating – a, a supreme player. Um, okay, yeah, I get you. If you were to aggregate the stats from the two tight ends. Um, you know, Jordan Reed is so good that these numbers, like, they just strike me as low. But then when you look at his career stats, the projection of 955 yards would be a career high. 86 catches. He had 87 back in 2015. But he's only averaged, like, 50-something his other three seasons due to injury. Um, 6.2 touchdowns. He had six last year in 12 games. I'm going to go un- hard under on 86 catches and 955 yards. 
But again, I'm going to go over on the 6.2 touchdowns. Uh, I think it's he, the fade route to the other side. Yeah, I think he's going to be – if he can play a majority of the season, I think he'll get that or higher. Um, and if he plays close to the full season, he's going he's gonna to blow past six touchdowns. So that's my Jordan Reed. Um, let's just kind of brush by the defense because this is really hard to do or in an interesting way with, with like tackles and passes defensed. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody cares. Let's not kid ourselves. But let's just focus in on two like glory stats. One is um, Josh Norman, two interceptions over under. I mean, you got to take the over. He had he had the three last year, and it seemed. I'm actually surprised to find out that it was three. Uh, it felt like less than that, uh, and I think there's major regression to the mean candidate on that. Uh, I take mm-hmm. the over. He's averaged three point five the last two years. If you include 2014, I'm just doing the math real quick. He's averaged three a year um, for basically his his three years since he's become you know Josh Norman. I, I don't know the stats on this either, but it felt like last year he was really close to making a lot of interceptions. Yes. You agreed. know, like not necessarily dropped passes, but like he was in the mix, got hands on the ball a number of times above and beyond the three picks that he got. I'm going to go over two, two interceptions. Um, and I just got to say, I'm really enjoying the Josh Norman experience. Like going into year two, just very glad he's a Redskin. He, he provides a lot of entertainment value and also – he might he might not be the best corner, even though he's getting paid to be the best, like like the best corner. But he's like a really good corner, like Josh Norman a lot. Well, so he had 19 passes defense last year, mm-hmm. by the way. Which I, I guess if we assume that he got his hands on even a third of those, that would be a lot. I'm liking the Josh Norman experience from a football standpoint. I have to admit, I'm not I'm not all in on the Josh Norman, you know. Uh, as as local color uh, experience, is there something about it that I'm missing that I'm not appreciating enough? You know, at first I'm surprised that you say that because I feel like he's a he's very into like superhero comic book persona motivation technique, you know, type things. Like he has this whole like Dark Knight alter ego. Sure. That, so that's my first inclination. Was like, oh, Turl would would um, relate to that. You know, he really really enjoy that, but it might be one of these things where like he's treading into your territory. Like you're the master of that domain. You know, that space better than anybody. So this guy's just like, just an amateur. He's not a real aficionado. Is, is, well, I is would something like that. I would never match him up with me, but I feel like OJ Otagwe did such a good job at being the superhero nerd defensive back that like that role is just, I mean, he's, he's the goat. He's never going to get any better than that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't even rank Josh Norman. <laughs> All right, the other defensive uh, projection, uh, Ryan Kerrigan, eight sacks over under. This one I think is tricky. Uh, That would be down from last year, which is correct, because I think there's more guys to get sacks. Uh, If we believe the defensive backfield is a little better, does that boost the sack totals? Does having, you know, other people to defend boost the sack totals? Uh, I I feel like that eight is probably – I want to take a push. I will take – I will go under – but eight sounds about right to me. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go hard over on eight sacks. Wow. Yeah. I mean, he's played six years. He's played 16 games in every one of those six years. He's had 8.5 to 13.5 sacks in five of the last six years. So overall, for a full career, he's averaging almost 10 sacks. 10 sacks a year. I, I just I feel like you gotta if you're if you're looking at any, any of these numbers to bet on I would bet on him going over eight sacks. 
Well, sure, but you're forgetting that Junior Gallette is going to have 37 sacks this year. So <laughs> what was I there's, only, there's only so many to go around. <laughs> what was I thinking? And Jonathan Allen is going to get like, oh, right. you know, oh, a half of his own. <laughs> I forgot about him. And, and, and an angry Trent Murphy returning from suspension will get a – I'll get another another nine or so. There's just there's just not enough quarterback for everybody to eat. How do they how do they kind of determine like uh, edge pass rushers like like how did how was it that Ryan Kerrigan was like you know what I'm gonna take the side with the um, inferior tackle <laughs> you know what I mean like he's always going against the right tackle versus the other I, side. I assume his whole career. I assume it's just. I assume they do a quick game of rock, paper, scissors before each game, and he's just very good. This is so good. Yeah. Um, That's probably a a subject for a longer podcast with an expert on offensive line play and pass rushing. Um, Yeah. You need Robert Mays for that one. Yeah. Last one. Shout out to Mays. Uh, Last one. This is the big one. Saved it for last. Grand finale. Uh, Projected win total 8.2. What you got? Well, that point two is what makes a difference. I'm taking the under at straight eight wins. I mean, I understand that 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 Cousins is going to throw for six thousand yards. Each of the running backs is going to rush for seven hundred yards, uh, and everybody's going to get thirty five sacks. But uh, somehow or another, they will still manage to only win eight games. Yeah, the, I think the point two does matter quite a bit because this team feels like it's a it's like a a win, maybe two wins on either side of eight and eight. You know, it. it I feel like anything from like seven and nine and nine and seven is almost like equal parts likely, but I've already gone through the schedule and I've already given the skins a nine win season. <laughs> All right. It's happening. Over. it's happening. Nine wins. And I'm, I'm also going to go one step further with the prediction. Not the nine wins includes just coming so close, but not quite close enough to a playoff berth. <laughs> we're we're going to be shut out. Well, that'll lead to a thrilling off season of conversations i think one of the things that would make me sway towards the over uh, i'm the more i hear about the other nfc east teams the less i'm convinced by the confidence around each of them so if any of them uh, disappoints uh over expectations i think that that a lot of those wins could come to washington maybe right well, one of these other teams needs to play like the old Cardinals role of like the NFC East team that would just go five and eleven every year, and give, I have give the other NFC you, East teams two wins. Well, I think there is someone like that in the division, and uh, I got some bad news for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you don't know who the sucker is at the table, um, exactly inward. Yes, <laughs> um, but I don't know if that'll be true this year. Like I feel like so so. Maybe Eli falls off a cliff even more than he has. Maybe all of their defensive signings from last year in New York aren't as good as they seemed last year. Uh, Maybe uh, there's a lot of regression on the Dallas side. Maybe Elliott is suspended for more games than we think. You know, Uh, maybe Carson Wentz is the lesser Carson Wentz from the back half of last season and not what he looked like at the start. If any of those plays out, I think I think the, the Redskins could beat those teams and that would take them up. But I'm still taking the under for now. All right, I'm over. We'll revisit all of this, I don't know, possibly never, quite probably never. Um, <laughs> but as the season comes to a close, maybe we'll, we'll come back and, and do, do a, a tally. Um, Matt, thanks for joining us, man. Our listeners can follow you at Matt Turrell. Is there an underscore in there? There's, there is an underscore in there. I hate the three T's in a row, so there's an underscore. Wait a minute, you chose the underscore? I think the three T's look wrong. Now, what I'm currently doing is I really want to get just at Turl, which is an inactive uh, account that used to belong to a spam account. Incredible, ha- for right incredible now, yeah. handle. 
incredible. It would be so I, great. I, would whoever be so owns great. at Turl should just ask like a hundred grand for that. Just, um, just name your price, man. Our listeners can read you in the city paper where you write about yes. the skins and other DC sports topics. Um, I feel like, don't you also have some like comic book stuff going on? Uh, yeah, I do. I, I write for the wait, what podcast blog. I don't appear on their podcast cause, uh, well, you've listened to this podcast. So you can guess why I I'm sorry. I'm theirs, sorry. You, but, uh, you, you, you appear on the wait, what podcast blog. <laughs> yes, sir. Okay. Right. The wait, what podcast blog. All right. There's one people will be able yes. to find that. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I, I would hate to think that anybody who likes my OJ Atagwe take, uh, wouldn't be able to see what I think of Marvel's ongoing, uh, collapse. <laughs> I can't. I'm sorry that I can't talk about anything like superhero related without coming off as like just a condescending prick. I'm so I'm really so sorry. It's a total cultural blind spot for me. It's it's totally fine. I mean, it's it's a nice throwback to my days growing up, back before <laughs> everybody on earth knew about superheroes. So like, it makes me feel good. I feel like I'm back home. All right, man. Well, I love talking to you. Thanks for thanks for uh, hopping on the phone with me, and uh, we'll catch up soon. Sounds good.